In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. And yes, this is Marla Tabaka, as always, so happy to be here with you today. We have a really interesting, fun topic today. Do you, do you ever find yourself in that position where you, you throw an idea out, you know, a thought that you, you really believe is at least noteworthy, right? But in return, you get those dreaded blank stares, or worse, you get that glare that says, what are you thinking? Boy, I've been there, okay? I think we all probably have at one time or another, but I've been there. (laughs) Have you ever wondered why nobody's really listening, why they just don't seem to get it or get you? Well, we've got some answers for you today, so you're in the right place if that rings true to you. My guest today is Sharon Saylor, an internationally known communications trainer and the founder of Competitive Edge Communications. Sharon is devoted to teaching professionals around the world how to use critical verbal and nonverbal skills to accelerate success. She's the co-author of Charisma, The Art of Relationships, and the author of three published books, her latest book released by John Wiley and Sons is What Your Body Says and How to Master the Message. Sounds intriguing, doesn't it? It's been published in six languages and is suggested reading in universities around the world. And today we're going to find out how to get raving fans for your great ideas. Imagine all that will change for you when you know how to be heard and get your ideas accepted. So stay tuned for a fun hour. Welcome to the show, Sharon. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Marla. It's my pleasure to join you. Well, I've been really curious and interested and looking forward to this show, you know, because, you know, I have I, I think we've all been there where, where we're just not maybe able to get out the right message or people aren't perceiving it in the way that you thought they would. And you know, I have clients who have had experiences like this and it just shuts them down, stops them dead in their tracks. And, and as a result, so many brilliant people are out there who have these wonderful original ideas, but they never get them out there. And in your experience, Sharon, I mean, you travel the world coaching and, and training executives and leaders all over. Why is it that most ideas don't get past that, hey, I've got a great idea phase. <laughs> it can be so frustrating, can't yeah. it, Marla? <laughs> yeah, it really can because we all do it, right? We all let this one experience just shut us down. What is that? <laughs> well, you know, I think it's two-part. In my experience, I found that oftentimes 
other people in our world assume that our future behavior is going to be just like our past behavior. Mm. So oftentimes, if maybe we've had an idea that didn't quite go as planned, somehow they think that that's going to be continually our pattern. So mm-hmm. it, sometimes it's hard to change people's, what we say, the first impression is always the hardest to change. Yeah. So sometimes that plays into it. And also, interestingly enough, if we've got a great idea, one of those once in a long time, I won't say lifetime because I hopefully we're all creative people and come up with great ideas, but if we've got that really great idea, it shifts the balance of power in a relationship, whether that's in a business with our boss or with the company or all of a sudden I might become the star and other people on the team not so much. Mm-hmm. So it's a delicate political balancing act when we come up with a great idea. Mm. You know, that is so so true. I didn't even think of it that way. I, I um have experienced that again through clients who are in in corporate America. Mostly, I work with small business owners, and so there's not as much, um, well, if you will, politics associated with with getting your ideas and thoughts out there. But in corporate America, this is a real problem, I'm sure, because you don't want to step on toes, right? Absolutely. Although you might find it in entrepreneurial worlds too because a lot of my private clients are entrepreneurs or small business owners and where I find it interestingly enough is even in their private world in their private relationships Mm -hmm. all of a sudden maybe you're going to become a star because of this great Mm -hmm. idea so Mm -hmm. the balance of power can shift in multiple places not just around the boardroom or the team room team workroom yeah, yeah. And that's something for um, female entrepreneurs to think about. I coach a lot of, of women. And sometimes I think that can be tough in a in a marriage when the woman's business really takes off. I've seen that happen. And um, it can change overnight. Yeah. So, so we have to talk about, you know, because this is the million dollar mindset <laughs> about the the mindset of ideas and getting them embraced and accepted by others is is there some magic formula to uh, communicating these ideas to people i'm sure there are a lot of things but what comes top of mind for you well top of mind is to do a lot of research on the idea beforehand oftentimes i don't know how many I've been around tables oftentimes where all of a sudden a hand goes up, ooh, ooh, and out comes an idea. It's only partially formed. I suggest, unless it's that critical moment and then, you know, the moment won't ever come again, to research those ideas and really think them through because it has to be a long-term mindset on what are the strengths of this idea and what are the weaknesses of this idea. And one way that you can get this balance of power more equal, even in a relationship, is to ask those people that you trust, hey, here's my idea. Help me, you know, be the devil's advocate and and help me see what I'm not seeing. Because sometimes we get so married to that great idea, we don't see all the possible cause and effect. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes people see just the opportunity and they don't see, well, with every great opportunity, something has to give. And so I always suggest doing what we call in um, business the SWOT analysis, and that's the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. But asking those people in our world to join in us and help us 
see what we're not seeing. And then always to write it down. I don't know. I wake up sometimes in the middle of the night with a great idea thinking that I'm, I'm being too lazy to write it down, thinking I'll remember. And in the morning I'm like, <laughs> what was that great idea? So having yeah. a mindset yeah. of always writing it down, too. Yeah, most definitely. We all lose thoughts and ideas, especially uh, the older I get. It seems to be happening. (laughs) (laughs) Too true. (laughs) Sharon, help me paint a picture here for our listening audience. Let's let's come up with an idea to work with, just as an example. What types of ideas are we talking about here? It can be anything from saving money in in your business nowadays. That's a big one of ways that we can become more efficient or more productive productivity oriented to gosh I work with people all the time trying to come up with the the next big idea that's going to go viral the next big marketing opportunity so it can be all sorts of things and oftentimes I think right now it's about ways to be more effective and in our even in our communications we can even it might not seem like the next great big idea the next what uh, iPad or you know, whatever a big smartphone that's out there. But mm-hmm. even small ideas can make big changes in the world. So it's not just about the great next big invention that oftentimes people, when we say things about being more productive in the workplace, we'll get a lot of pushback or grumbling too. Mm-hmm. But we have to be mindful of all of those types of ideas. And we can play with that one if we'd like because it often happens that when we have an idea, especially around efficiency, productivity, use of time, we get a lot of pushback. Yeah, yeah, we do get a lot of pushback. Why do you think that is? Well, (laughs) I think a lot of people don't want to work any harder. I think they already think they're working. And instead of hearing us out on the whole idea of how it will really save us, time, effort, and hopefully money, they just start to say no from the very beginning because it sounds like work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and people, I think, can be threatened by change as well. So almost any idea that that uh, implies change, big change, is going to meet a lot of resistance. Oh, so true. People don't like to be forced to change. They will change, but, you know, it often takes time. And if you have an idea that you've researched and really feel that this is, this is going to work, it takes time because it's a three-step process. The first step is just to increase awareness about the problem and your solution. And then oftentimes, like you said, we've got to change the attitude about change. <laughs> that's, always, right. Right. that's always a toughie. And then the final part of it is to drive action to get the idea accepted and implemented. So let's start with that first one by increasing awareness. We only have, uh, you know, a little over a minute until break. So let's start on that one. We'll come back to it after break if we need to. Talk to us about that. Well, I think just always going visual with it, whether you have a prototype or um, some sort of report worked up, a drawing, a sketch, or if it's something like saving time or productivity, having the numbers written out. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how many times people forget what we say, but when we've got a visual, whether it's a report or a poster board or an actual sample, that just solidifies it as, oh, my gosh, this could mm-hmm. be real. 
in everybody's mind. And I think that's the critical factor is that belief of going from the idea to, oh, my gosh, this, this really could be real. So really having those those backup visuals in place to support you. And yeah, because we're all visual human beings. So we are going into break here. If you want to learn more about Sharon and her fabulous books and her company, Competitive Edge Communications, go to Sharon Saylor, S-A-Y-L-E-R dot com. And I am Marla Tabaka. You'll find me at Marla Tabaka com and we'll see you back here in just a couple of minutes. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life. Through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak. 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on Toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature. And happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With Baby and Toddler Instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And we're here with communications expert Sharon Saylor, learning how to present ideas effectively because too many great ideas just don't ever get out of the brain and uh, into reality. So, Sharon, thanks for being here with us. Going into break, you're talking about having those facts and those visuals prepared before you share an idea. And and this, I think, you know, really helps people engage on a, a different level with that idea. What else do we need to know there? 
Well, I think the part about always being curious is a great mindset to have when we share ideas, especially when people can see them as real. Oftentimes, if we've developed a prototype for our client or put together all our heart and soul into a great uh, proposal for our client, we can become really attached to it. Mm. So always being curious when we set it out and say, here it is to know that, you know, nothing ever really gets great until it's put out there and people are able to touch it and look at it and comment on it, use it, and all of that. So that mindset of curiosity is critical when we're opening ourselves up. It sometimes is very scary to yeah. present new ideas. It, it can make us breathe high and get some anxiety going. So always working on that mindset of just going in with curiosity is a great place to be when we're presenting those ideas out in the real world. So you mean going in with curiosity in the sense of uh, instead of fear and panic and fear (laughs) of rejection, say, oh, you know, I wonder what's going to happen here. You know, anything can happen and I'm good with that. Do you mean from that sense? Absolutely, that sense, and I can't wait to see how people use it. I can't wait to see what I didn't see. I can't wait to see other ways, other possibilities for it. It's always fascinating. It reminds me of little children when they give a Christmas gift or a birthday gift, and it's the box that is more fascinating than the toy. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And when you go in with that attitude, you know, of curiosity, that value of curiosity, really, um, it shows in your body language, right? Rather than going in with this fear, and it can body language is important here when you present an opportunity to people, right? Oh, oh, absolutely. If we're going in with fear and panic, what happens is we're breathing high, maybe sweating a little bit, even if we've got it under control where it's not noticeable, mm-hmm. and that sets off other people's fight or flight mechanism. They're going, well, why are they so worried? Why are they so upset? They don't realize that it's just our anxiety about putting ourselves out there. Putting out new ideas can be scary. Mm -hmm. So if we, the last thing we want to do is set off somebody else's fight or flight mechanism going, I wonder what's wrong. Am I not seeing something? Yeah. So by controlling our breathing and just, adopting that value of, you know what, I am just really curious to see what's going to happen today, I see what, I, what new possibilities exist. It's amazing. We breathe smoother, we breathe calmer, and we walk in with that air of confidence, and people all of a sudden, they see you confident, so doggone it, you must have a great idea, because mm-hmm. you're so confident about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And um, it, it's funny how that one little subtle shift in mindset will be, people will be able to read it in your body language so clearly. And even if they're not aware of it, right, because these, these shifts are subtle and people may not even consciously be aware that you're breathing fast or that you're sweating or whatever it is, but they're going to pick it up on a subconscious level and uh, and respond accordingly. Oh, they do. They do. And the interesting thing, though, even when we adopt a new mindset of curiosity and openness and let's, let's play here, let's see what's going to, you know, what great is going to happen, it changes those stress hormones and those success hormones in our brain. Mm-hmm. Amy Cuddy out of Harvard has done some research recently that in less than two minutes of adopting that 
quality mindset of let's play, let's see what's going to happen, let's have some curiosity here, and walking in powerfully and confidently and knowing that, you know, you've got a great idea, that mm-hmm. will change the hormones in your brain in less than two minutes. Mm-hmm. It, it's amazing that all of a sudden our body language and our attitude adapts to the lowering of our stress hormones and the raising of our success hormones. Yeah, absolutely. The brain science behind that is fascinating. And it goes the other direction, which I think is something important to point out here as well, that when you live in that space of nervousness and fear and and wondering what others think, and am I accepted that that changes your brain chemistry and can can really lead to some long term suffering. So these things are important to practice whether or not you have a great idea to present, but just in life in general oh absolutely we feel so much better when we keep our this is interesting to me because i've done it for a while i've had other friends and my private clients report back to me is keeping your chin parallel to the ground when you walk into a room not too high not too low Mm. some people have a tendency to tuck their chin and other people have a tendency to raise their chin just breathe long and deep comfortable breaths and walk into the room just with your chin parallel to the ground and see how people respond to you. It's so fascinating. Oftentimes, my grandma used to say, you know, stand up straight, Sharon, put the book on the head kind of thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When in reality, all it is is keeping your chin parallel to the ground. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a good one. I'll have to remember that and practice that. Of course, you know, when you're wearing the um, the multiple focus lenses <laughs> in your glasses, yes. <laughs> that's the first thing I think of. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, fun, fun. So, so Sharon, we've talked about, you know, having the facts, having those visuals, having support material and, and, and the attitude going in with that sense of curiosity and, and receiving an openness. What are some other things that, that we should be doing non-verbally to have our idea heard and accepted? Well, there's a couple that come to mind right off the top of my head, and that's hand gestures are critically important. Our hand gestures tell the story, whether it's the story of the idea or the story of our attitude, how we're feeling. If you use an open palm and the palm is facing upward, some people call it a beggar's palm. I don't like that mindset about that word, but that gives you a visual. So the hand, the palm is facing up and the hand is open, Mm -hmm. and the fingers are pointing at someone, that is sending a gesture of relationship, a gesture you want them to share, a gesture that you're together in this. And it's a real great way to get people to share their ideas about whatever's going on, to open up and, and get some brainstorming going on. So so as a speaker, whether it's in front of a small group or, or you're on stage and you want that interactivity going on, um, you would, instead of just pointing straight to someone, really have that palm up and extensive. It's like an invitation. Absolutely. And pointing can really put people on the spot. Right. So I say stay away from that unless your intention is to put someone on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> it can feel like that little, you know, fifth grade teacher and talking about uh, multiple focus lenses, you know, kind of looking over the top of their lens, pointing their finger at you. 
And it can often cause people, pointed fingers can often cause people to revert to uncalled childlike behaviors. All of a sudden they're feeling called out and you might get some snappiness or some critical feedback only because of the pointed finger. It's amazing how quickly others react to very simple things that we don't even think about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's funny. This is timely. I was having a discussion with someone yesterday about um, just standing. Like when when you're in a crowd, you're listening to something, listening to music. You're at church. You're you know singing with the music, whatever it is. It feels so awkward to simply stand with your hands by your side, and yet we all do, you know we know we don't want to cross them across our chests or sticking them in your pockets seems to say something negative. What What is a natural stance for people that just want to send out the signal that, that they're open, they're receptive, they're happy, just for standing around? <laughs> that, I hear that one all the time when I say the natural place for your hands is at your side. And people go, but it feels so weird. Oh, it does. <laughs> it does. It feels just kind of limp and lame. I don't know. <laughs> so I suggest the one that all media trainers suggest and that's having your forearms parallel to the ground so just comfortably having your arms hang off your shoulders and then bending at the elbow so your forearms are parallel to the ground and then you just gently touch your fingertips together Mm -hmm. so when you look down you see sort of a triangle interestingly enough this sends a message that you have high expertise and you have high expectations in the listener. It's fascinating how simple this message is. Now, if that feels awkward, like a pose, you can gently clasp your fingers together as long as you're not going to do any white knuckling, meaning gripping your hands so tight that you're cutting off the circulation. Mm-hmm. Or if that also feels awkward, I always suggest what I call the Queen Elizabeth pose, and that is one arm down at the side and the other arm bent, as if you're carrying a purse or carry carry a clipboard so you have some reason to have your arm bent. Okay. But the forearms parallel to the ground is an easy sort of middle-of-the-road way to say, I've got high expectations, and yes, I know what to do with these hands. I love that. Those are some good options. Thank you. So you're always, I'm always conscious of sending the wrong signal to people. So I worry <laughs> about that. Wow. Fascinating stuff here. And uh, Sharon, I know that we can find you at SharonSailor.com. We're going into another break here. Um, is there somewhere in social media that you like to be found? Well, I'm on Facebook under What Your Body Says. Come over and like the page there. We've always got great discussions going on. Oh. And my Twitter is S Sailor, S-S-A-Y-L-E-R. And I always love to chat with people over Twitter. Okay, fabulous. And this is Marla Tabaka. You'll find me on Twitter as well under Marla Tabaka and on Facebook under my name as well. And you can always reach me via my email at Marla at Marla Tabaka, and that's T-A-B-A-K-A dot com. Love to hear your feedback, your ideas, and uh, just to hear from you.
Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinlock. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Do you feel like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose at all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? We'll pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman, host of Around the Kitchen Sink. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. here on Tugginet Radio. Like many women, finding balance in life and time to take care of yourself is hard to do. Between managing a career and marriage and children and a busy family schedule, it's hard to maintain a sense of self. And Heather shares how she does it. Check out Heather's website, basilmama.com. Join us for food and a whole lot more on Around the Kitchen Sink with your host, Heather Tallman. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And I hope that you'll visit me over at Inc.com as well, Inc. Magazine. Uh, this week's article is on how to avoid a publicity nightmare. Because if you're growing your business, there may come a day, there will probably come a day when you're going to want to grow that business by hiring a PR agency. And I see clients making huge mistakes in, in, in the firms that they hire all of the time simply because they don't know the right questions to ask or what to look for when they go out looking for that that publicist or PR firm. So please go on over to inc.com slash author slash Marla hyphen tobacco and check out how to avoid a publicity nightmare and uh, buyer beware you know choose that right agency the one that's right for you and is going to do you a world of good instead of a world of harm and we're here today with Sharon Saylor who's just sharing so many wonderful body language tips and how to get your message heard and Sharon I know that you're known for body language and business and you've been sharing some great ideas about stance and and, and how to present your body as a whole and, and how to hold your hands. Are there any other little nuances, little things that we should, uh, we should be aware of just when we're in a meeting or just out in a crowd? Oh, absolutely. I think the first one that's critically important to understand is 
how somebody makes eye contact with you is how they want to be talked to. It sounds a little odd, but let me share. If they make very direct, prolonged eye contact with you, they're mm-hmm. very productivity-oriented, and they want to get down to business right away. But if they make what I call softer eye contact, maybe a little tip of the head and a very gentle smile, and there's a real warmth to it versus uh, let's get down to business sort of look, and I'm sure we can all sort of visualize the difference between the two. That person really wants you to talk to them in a way that shares a little bit about you personally as well as getting down to business. And just knowing that slight little nuance and how someone looks at you with their eye contact can make all the difference in getting your ideas accepted or not. If you come and speak to someone and they've got that softer eye contact and that tip of the head and all of a sudden you're just hard-driving business, let's get down to business and here's the facts, all of a sudden they're like, whoa, you know, this is the rushing me here. Right. It could be the opposite. If you come in and you're talking about your puppy or your new grandchild (laughs) and they have made direct eye contact and it's a nice firm handshake, they're like, is this person ever going to get to the point? (laughs) That's funny. And, and, you know, I'm thinking of, of how I practice eye contact and that's so dead on because I think I change in different situations. If I want to get to the point, you're right, I use that firmer, stronger eye contact. But if it's a social situation or or a meeting with, let's say, a prospect, and I want to do that getting to know you dance a little bit, it is softer. That's fascinating. Absolutely. And it's not just all the messages we send because we can be sending that back to them for sure. Right. But to, I don't normally like to tell my clients to read other people because we can get so mired in, uh-huh. oh, their arms are crossed, they're, they're holding back from me, or, oh, my goodness, you know, they're standing sort of cross-legged, are they tied off to me? I don't waste your time with a lot of that, but eye contact is the one that I find is critical to be able to play off of and go, okay, they're wanting to know me a little bit more as a person here, or, mm, you know what, well, for whatever reason, they're, they're wanting me to get right down to business. Mm-hmm. Good tip. What about hand gestures? Sometimes you see people that go wild crazy with the hand gestures. And I'll tell you, when I get really excited about an idea, I can do that. <laughs> and and sometimes you see people who just keep their hands across their chest or in their pocket or whatever. What What should we be using in terms of hand gestures or not? Well, we all have a natural fallback position. (laughs) In your case, maybe a little bit bigger, a little more demonstrative than other people. It's very cultural, too. You'll find that certain cultures have larger hand gestures. That, I say, if as long as it's working, great. But we've all been in those situations where we've done something and we realize, hmm, this isn't working out quite like I wanted. (laughs) That's when I say, you know, maybe if the gesture's too big, dial it in a little bit and play and say, okay, did I get the response I wanted that time with that smaller gesture? But the critical thing to remember about hand gestures is the hand gesture supports the verbal story. So oftentimes you've seen public speakers do this fabulously, and I'll say even TV preachers do it well where they're telling a story and perhaps 
looking through the window and they put up their hand in sort of that L shape and all of a sudden they put their eyes up to their fingers and they're gazing through and you can picture that L shape of their hand as actually the frame of the window Mm. or they're doing something with numbers and they put up one finger for one point, two fingers for two point. All of those enhance our memory to remember the verbal story they're telling us. So the critical thing about gestures is not so much the size, but is it supporting the verbal message or is it just flailing about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. And um, I I was at a, a meeting the other day and, and the speaker was rocking, rocking back and forth, <laughs> driving me crazy. <laughs> we have to be conscious of that, right? What's what's a good a good way to position your body and how often should we be moving around i say move with intention Mm -hmm. stand still rocking is actually a nervous habit Mm -hmm. with my private clients i love to videotape them they'll go no i wasn't moving no i wasn't (laughs) rocking no i was standing still Mm -hmm. and we don't realize it's a nervous fidget two things are happening when we do that first off well let's go back to that famous one We weren't breathing deeply and calmly. That's what resets our nervous fidget button. If you find yourself rocking on stage or some other nervous habit, pause, take a nice deep breath, let it go, and start all over again. It's a fantastic reset button. Even just one deep breath will reset the whole memory of what just happened. And so, Sharon, should we be practicing that deep breathing if it's not natural for someone? Should they be really rehearsing it during the day? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. When I learned to deep breathe, my mentor, for, for about the first 10 years of mentoring with him on nonverbal communication, I worked in teaching K-12 through classroom teachers how to manage classrooms nonverbally. Uh-huh. And, you know, I knew my stuff. I didn't know how to control my breathing. But the minute it clicked in how to control my breathing, I'm able to get up on stage in front of hundreds, thousands now. And I'm actually a very shy person in real life if people were to meet me. My sort of go-to is shy and introverted. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But learning to breathe and being passionate about my message, the entire, it was just like somebody flipped the switch. So, And breathing, actually, high rapid breathing is unfortunately a very bad habit. Our culture, as far as the U.S. and Northern Europe and parts of Canada, have as a very bad habit. And it keeps our bodies in a state of stress. Yeah. So any type of breathing habits you can uh, develop, whether it's meditation or yoga has wonderful breathing techniques or even just sitting there quietly and taking a few deep breaths and making a noise when you exhale will reset that stress button. Mm, okay, perfect. What about what about standing versus sitting? Um, let's say that you're in a group of people that, uh, and it's a business environment. I've heard that being in a standing position when everyone else is sitting gives you an air of um, authority, if you will. Is is that correct? Absolutely. If you can get away with it, and I'll yes. put that little asterisk there. Sometimes in a corporate setting or 
even a small, maybe a small family business or an entrepreneurial business, there's only, it's a table of like four or five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden standing changes the balance of power. Have you ever been seated at your desk and someone walks up to you, mm-hmm. even if technically on the org chart you have more power, all of a sudden it just feels awkward to have this person standing over you. Right, right. So imagine it changes the balance of power. So if you can get away with it, absolutely stand up and have that flip chart there to go visual, meaning even if you don't have your idea written up there yet, write the idea you're going to talk about and invite feedback and write that up there as well. Everyone feels heard when they see their words on your flip chart. Mm, I love that. I love that. That's fantastic. Okay. What about, we have about two minutes until our next break. What about, uh, you know, locations in the room? Do we need to be concerned about where we position ourselves when we walk into a room and we want to toss out this fabulous idea? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Lots uh-huh. of places we could go here. But in a nutshell, maybe we can come back to it. But in a nutshell, if you're going to present your idea, have a plain wall to your back. Don't do it to a window to where they can be watching. Like right now I'm down here in Miami watching the dolphins in the bay. Oh, <laughs> so, oh I get, we should have done this interview live and in person. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just enjoying it so much. I'm like, doggone, I'm on the radio. And all of a sudden the dolphins start jumping. Oh, how fun. But, yeah, you don't want to have distractions behind you for sure. Okay, so no distractions in the room. Anything else about positioning in the room that we need to know about? Absolutely. If you can stand by the person that has the highest positional power as you present it, that positional power will rub off on you. Oh, I love that. That's a fabulous <laughs> tip. I, I never would have thought of that one. So stand next to the big guy or the guy. Or if you're in a social environment and, and you really want to be heard, stand next to the person who seems to be the uh, the life of the party, right? Absolutely. It's whether that guilt or pleasure by association. <laughs> oh, you know it. You know it. Well, this is so much fun. And we'll be going into our final segment already. And we've got a lot to talk about, Sharon. So I look forward to that. And you can can learn more about Sharon at her website, SharonSailorER.com, uh, and also make sure to visit her over on Facebook, What Your Body What Your Body Says. Is that right? Absolutely. What Your Body Says over there on Facebook. Okay. And this is Marla Tabaka. Make sure to head on over to Inc.com and search Marla Tabaka, and we'll be back in a moment. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Get the competitive edge and take your success to the next level with the Gold Medal Success Show and your host, Forrest Fisher, six-time U.S. National Gold Medalist. Tune in every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central, 6 Pacific, here on the Rockstar Radio Network as Forrest gives you access into the mindset of true champions and helps you apply these success principles to your life and business for immediate results. Each show will feature guest athletes and business experts who have achieved tremendous success and are ready to share their stories of struggle, glory, 
Tragedy and Triumph, revealing tips and strategies Forrest and these guest experts use to propel themselves to world-class success. Many people live their whole lives wanting more. The Gold Medal Success Show will demonstrate that anyone can have a more fulfilling and satisfying life when they put a few basic principles into play. Make every day game day with the Gold Medal Success Show each Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke, and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc., and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And we're here today on the Million Dollar Mindset, learning how to uh, put some some zing behind your idea so that it's heard and it's accepted and so that, let's face it, people take you seriously. So, Sharon, going into break, we were talking about, you know, standing next to the person in power, positioning for power. Uh, Is there anything else we need to know about location in the room before we move on to your next tips? Well, I think it's important that you have, if you're giving a large presentation or a long presentation, to have two vocations and sometimes three. I'll explain. First, you want a location to present the good news, and that's the place you want to always preserve. People remember location and us in that location. And then you want to have a place to take either negative feedback or give negative feedback, anything, maybe there's a little bit of bad news. Say the idea has 99% been thought out and you want to talk about the 1% that may be, you know, not so positive. Wander to that negative location and give the bad news there. Then, seriously, shut up in silence, go back to that positive place and pop up as a whole new person. You will create amnesia that that bad news was ever said, but it's on the record. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So you pop up and you go back to that positive demeanor um, because as you're giving the bad news, you're probably in a, a, um, what would give me the right word for it? It's a different kind of state, right? Yeah, you're in that negative state. You're in, and what the problem is, is you don't want that bad news to stick to you. Right. And so... People remember the location more than they remember you. So when you're in that location, they go, oh, my goodness, it's bad news. I've seen meetings where I've taught clients to do this, and they're 
unconsciously the other members of the team are trained. They are, all of a sudden you can see their body language shift, their face shift, sort of steal themselves in a chair when, I'll just use the name Sue, wanders over to that location. They know, uh-oh, budget cuts are coming. <laughs> Here it comes. And does that location need to be more than a few steps away? Uh, yes, if possible. It can actually just be the left, the left hand and the right hand if you're stuck at a table. It doesn't have to be big, and if you really are stuck for space, it can be glasses on, glasses off. Oh. It doesn't have to be big. It's just the shift. It's the difference. If I'm speaking on a large stage, and I am right-handed, so I always say you tend to wander the the handedness you are, so I always tend to wander the right side of the stage. Mm -hmm. So I always choose my bad news location from the stage as to the left, because I rarely wander through it. So when you choose the location, make sure it's a place you're not going to accidentally wander through, because you can, you know, if you're wandering through, what happens is you kind of get that stuck to your shoe like sludge and drag Mm -hmm. it back to the positive location. Yeah. It's yeah. called contamination. <laughs> oh, wow. It even has a name. <laughs> Absolutely. So we want to keep everything nice and clean. So that's why at the Bad News location, we move in, we drop our head, move in silence, and pop up as a whole new person. Mm-hmm. Now, the other place in a location, if the meeting uh, is open to questions is you actually want to have a space for questions as well because you never know what question is going to be either positive or negative or even if you'll look intelligent and have the answer. Mm -hmm. So if possible, have a third location if the meeting warrants it. If not, the two positive and negative locations are great. Okay. And do you address tonality? Because, you know, uh, let's say, okay, oh, I think of car salesmen is a perfect example of this one. You know, you point out something that you're not sure about in this car or in this, in this home that you want to buy. And, and the salesperson will come up back with you. Well, yeah, you know, it, it may only see two in the back. You're right. But look at this. And their tone is so upbeat. And when you're delivering news that isn't so great, is there something in your tone that you should look out for? I say try to match the tone, and if, the, if you're the first one to speak, take a moment and think back, what tone would I want to hear if I was having to hear this news? Yeah. yeah. But if, if you can at all, match the tone, and then you're able to lead them out of that tone into a more positive place. Mm-hmm. The way to have a very credible or command voice and say it's that kind of news that really you need to make sure they hear and they hear and understand this is serious, is you keep your chin parallel to the ground as you talk, and then wherever you come to a pause or a, I'll say like a a period, where a period would be if it was written, Mm -hmm. you just drop your chin slightly. So we think of Bond, James Bond. Yes. And all I did is I really did not lower my voice. I kept my voice the same. I just dropped my chin about a half an inch, and that constricts my larynx and my vocal cords, which may automatically makes that lower tone. Wow. Fascinating. 
all this good stuff you've got for us. <laughs> so you've given us some great tips, Sharon, on, on really how to be heard and how to have an impact and how to get your message across. Now we've got the audience listening to us. What about being challenged when you're in that presentation? How can we maintain professionalism? And, and, and you know, for instance, when I'm challenged, sometimes I have a hard time coming up with the answer right away. And that's where I might fumble the ball how how do we maintain professionalism the first off is to breathe breathe through it and you'll immediately want to be very reactive when someone challenges it it's natural completely mm-hmm. natural it's best just to okay i feel it coming just breathe mm-hmm. and then be very comfortable with silence Oftentimes we want to jump right back in and say, yes, but, or and, and defend, and all of this. Several things I suggest. First is be very comfortable with silence. You can put up your finger like you're thinking. It's a little hard to describe here, but imagine just, you know, your hand is slightly up, and you drop your chin a little bit and look down, and that's like I'm thinking. And always mention the elephant in the room. Just a moment, let me consider that. Or, wow, Anne, that's an interesting point. Just a moment. Always mention the elephant in the room will give you that moment to think. Even though your mouth is saying those words, just a moment, or let me think about that, your unconscious mind is processing, hmm, do I even know the answer to this or where can I find it? Mm -hmm. So it's okay just to have that little verbal mention of what's going on with you, but Critically, is just learning to be comfortable with silence is so important. In so many negotiations, sometimes people are just venting. They're not really expecting an answer. And by having that moment to think, like, are they really expecting an answer, or was that just sort of a a gotcha in the form of a question? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. silence can manage people very well. It's oftentimes they become so uncomfortable that you're silent that they'll chime in with something a little more friendly or actually yeah. something that is a real question. And there's an old saying in, when I learned negotiation skills years and years ago, and in this particular situation, it's true. The first one that speaks loses. Now, I know that sounds very harsh and all of that, but if it's a, one of those times where somebody's just heckling you and it's just sort of that poking you, Silence works wonders. Hmm. So if you have a bully in the room, um, is it best to acknowledge that person? If you're, Let's say you're a speaker at a small group and you have somebody, as you said, heckling you. Is it best to even acknowledge them or not? It depends on the, who that person is. I'll, I'll say, is that person signing your paycheck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Absolutely acknowledge them in that case. If they're well-known to the group and everyone knows in private that, you know, so-and-so is always a bully, Mm -hmm. no. What you want to do is actually acknowledge the sanity of the group that you know that they are a bully. By that, you would actually just put up your hand gently. This is not a talk-to-the-hand for a slam or anything like that. It's just a gentle putting up your hand in sort of a stop motion. And then you would have some sort of filler, like, John, that's not on today's agenda. Let's talk afterwards and make sure we get it on next week's agenda. 
Oh, very good. But then what we want to do is walk away from them because we don't want to get stuck in a one-on-one conversation. So as soon as you do that management, you get to skedaddle to the other side of the room as quick as possible because that makes it impossible to have that one-on-one conversation. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, Sharon, you certainly have given us a lot of food for thought and valuable tools to use. Uh, you have a cheat sheet that's available for our audience where they can get these tips in a greater detail. Where can they find out about that? Well, thank you. I, I had so much fun putting it together for your listeners. And it's over at SharonSailor.com forward slash Marla. And Ooh. it's, yeah, it, and it's, just called if your ideas are so good how come nobody's listening and it's five need to know things in a checklist format and then i have oh four to ten bullets under each one of those need to know things about things to check for in the room like your location how am i breathing what's my anxiety level like it's fun detailed little report about just being able to not only just get your ideas across, but actually just can't go into any place, networking, mm-hmm. any, any sort of situation with confidence. Mm. Sharon, that's very generous. Thank you for spending the time on that and for being here on the Million Dollar Mindset. I look forward to having you on again someday, uh, maybe when that next book is published, huh? Oh, my pleasure. I'm working on one right now on how to deal with those difficult people. Oh, boy, yeah, you'll certainly come on with that one, if you will. (laughs) Sharon, thank you. And thank you all for being here this week. As always, I enjoy spending time in your company. This is Marla Tabaka. You'll find me over at Inc. at uh, Inc.com, I-N-C.com, slash author, slash Marla hyphen Tabaka, and in social media under Marla Tabaka. And I do love to hear what you want to know about so that I can bring you the guests that you most enjoy. So make sure and send me your ideas and we'll see you here again next week. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka from Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get there, and 